Welcome to the By Words Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Hughes. I love helping passionate women gain clarity about their purpose so they can kick fear to the curb, break up with the hustle, and say goodbye to the lies that hold us back from pursuing our dreams wholeheartedly. We're going to get open and honest, share some laughs, and maybe some tears. But at the end of the day, my hope is that you will walk away encouraged, inspired, and ready to step into your purpose with confidence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. Love is powerful. It eradicates fear, brings us together, and equips us to live out our purpose in the earth. Honestly, I'm not sure there's a problem love couldn't remedy. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your copy of my new book, Love Is Remastered, and join me in making this world a better place by learning to love more intentionally than ever before. This book also supports Traffic 911, which is a local nonprofit that helps youth coming out of human trafficking in Dallas-Fort Worth. You can get yours today at thehannahughes.com slash shop. That's thehannahughes.com slash shop. Okay, now let's get into the episode. Welcome back, you guys. I'm really excited about today's conversation because it's a big one. We're going to be talking about money. And anytime I've asked women, what are the things that keep them from really pursuing their dreams and stepping into their purpose with confidence, money always comes up as one of the top answers. So I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I finally found the perfect person to have this conversation with. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Hannah Higgins. Hannah's an entrepreneur, wife, and by the time you hear this, new mama to a sweet little boy. After six years as a wedding and portrait photographer, Hannah found her passion for health, wellness, and business mentorship, and she now spends most of her days sharing healthy homemaking and budgeting tips on Instagram, as well as mentoring women across America as they build their own businesses. So Hannah, I am so excited to have you here. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited for this conversation. So Hannah, will you just tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? What led you to this place of wanting to help other women steward their finance as well? Yes. So I'm going to go kind of far back for this one. Um, All of us have such unique stories to tell. So I was born and raised in East Texas. My parents got divorced when I was six years old. So I spent most of my early years with my mom. She was a teacher and eventually the librarian at one of our local schools. And she remarried when I was 13, but we always had a very ordinary life. I never felt entitled to nice things, but we always thankfully had what we needed. Um, And my grandparents taught me the importance of saving money from an early age. They were always such amazing savers and instilled that within me. And I found a lot more joy at an early age in saving money um, than I ever did in shopping or spending money. So fast forward to 2010, I moved to Denton to go to UNT, the University of North Texas. In 2014, I graduated with a fine art degree in photography, (laughs) um, which was just my passion at the time, and started waiting tables while I built a portrait and wedding photography business. In 2016, about two years later, Jonathan and I got married at the ripe age of 23 and 24. (laughs) And in 2017, we bought our first house and a dog, as so many young couples do. And in the midst of all of that, started racking up consumer debt. (laughs) Again, like so many people do. Um, In the fall of 2018, our lives um, took a very unexpected turn, and we found out that Jonathan's biological 
father has a degenerative brain disease called Huntington's, which is so terrible if you've never heard of it. It's very similar to kind of like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease put together, except it hits people a lot earlier on in life, so usually starting in their 30s. So since we found out his dad um, has this disease, that meant that he also had a 50% chance of having Huntington's disease as well. And so we did a lot of genetic testing, saw some neurologists, and um, waited for 50 days and 50 nights, literally the longest 50 days of our lives, oh and gosh. found out that he is free and clear of the genetic um, code for Huntington's. And so he will never have it. Our children will never have it. It truly was the biggest miracle we've ever experienced in our lives. Mm. Um, and so a few months later, after getting off birth control <laughs> and getting excited about starting a family, we decided to um, trade in Jonathan's old Honda Civic and trade it in for a new to us but used Jeep in preparation for starting a family. And I remember in that season being so excited and looking forward to what was coming, hopefully for us. But something about that purchase just felt off to me. Like we got mm -hmm. home and I just felt like, I feel like we needed this car, but I feel like maybe we, we made the wrong decision with what car to purchase or with when to purchase. Something about it just felt unsettling to me. And so I went upstairs to my office, I started searching for all kinds of help with budgeting and quickly learned that there is a very negative correlation between having debt and having financial peace. Mm -hmm. um, some people say financial freedom, uh, whatever you want to call it. I really was hoping that we could establish some sort of financial peace before starting our family. And by making that purchase, we basically just added debt to the total that we had started racking up after we got married. So uh, I had a friend named Mary. She's still my friend. <laughs> um, and her husband, she and her husband had just recently started sharing their own debt-free journey um, on social media. So through Instagram and Facebook. And after basically stalking them for a few hours, <laughs> I found Dave Ramsey's content, uh, his Instagram, his podcast, and basically listen to those podcast episodes for days on end. Um, I'm pretty sure I was like a combination of all of the emotions, excited, <laughs> nervous. I was angry. I was overwhelmed. I cried. I was also, you know, I was seeing the possibilities of what we could achieve in our lives together for the first time. Um, it was mm. just a very interesting combination of feelings at that time. Um, yeah. And so I made a plan after listening to a bunch of episodes and kind of getting on board with his way of doing things um, to pay off all of our $52,615 in consumer debt and establish a foundation of financial freedom for our own family. Wow. So when we were about halfway through, I developed an overwhelming urge to start sharing our story with others, just the way that Mary and her husband had done for people like me, um, because that's what started it all. And so I decided to start sharing in hopes that we could keep other people from making the same mistakes that we made in our early adult lives and inspire couples to develop wise financial habits in their early years of marriage to set their families up for long-term stability and financial peace. Um, which would then allow them to do so many good things with the money that God blesses them with. So 
no, I'm not a financial advisor. You heard me say I have a fine art degree. <laughs> I was a wedding photographer. Um, not anymore, but um, I have just found such a passion for helping women, especially when it comes to managing their homes, managing their finances, um, just educate and share what we've been through so that they feel less alone and more equipped to handle their finances in a godly way that honors their hard work and what God has given them. I love that. And you know, it actually, it, I don't know about you guys listening, but for me hearing you're not even a financial expert kind of like makes it feel more within reach, right? Like sometimes money, I mean, a lot of the time money can just be so overwhelming, you know? So it's nice to know that you don't have to go out and learn every single thing about money or be an expert to really get to that place of peace and freedom. Like you said, to really lay a foundation for your family. So I love hearing your story because I feel like so many women find themselves in that same place. And I know money does get talked about as kind of like this obstacle or hindrance or source of a lot of stress. But I love that you mentioned it really can be a way to honor God with what he's given us. So how do you think that stewarding our finances is actually connected to our purpose? That's such a great question. I love talking about this. So in my opinion, every human being, no matter what their income is, no matter what family they were born into, no matter what privileges they might have that someone else doesn't have, all has limited time, energy, and money. No one has this like unlimited source of these resources. <laughs> we all have limited amounts of these things to use in our everyday life. And those resources are what allow us to provide for our families, to serve our communities in the unique ways that all of us have been called and gifted to serve and give. Um, and if we are selfish and irresponsible with those resources, whether it's time, energy, or money, it is going to have a direct and negative impact on our families and on our communities. So I truly believe that God is always willing to provide for our basic needs, but we can easily overlook how he has provided for us and misuse what he's given us if we're not being intentional, um, if we're not looking closely and paying attention or being wise. And I have found that there is just so much contentment to be found in viewing our incomes and our opportunities, even like I mentioned before, our healthy bodies. I took healthy bodies for granted before our Huntington's experience. Mm -hmm. I just always assumed our brains were always going to work. Our bodies were always going to work. We were always both going to be able to have an income. Um, but just in providing a brain that works in the morning and feet that are able to lift themselves out of bed, that is God providing for us. And wow. I feel like so often we forget that. Um, and so in viewing those opportunities and that health and our incomes as God's way of providing for us, um, there's you know so much purpose to be found in committing to honor him with those things and giving him glory for those things that we just simply don't deserve, but he's given us anyway. Um, and from a gospel perspective, I mean, if we're, <laughs> if those who are listening are kind of listening to this conversation through a gospel lens, we are all sinners. I think we can all agree on that. And we are completely undeserving of grace and provision and protection from the Lord. But when we acknowledge our need for him and for his grace in our lives and recognize him as our provider and protector, it changes the way that we view what he gives us and it changes the way that we use what he gives us 
Um, for you, that's, you know, your, your social connections and your podcast microphone and your entrepreneurial spirit and your organization skills. You're using, you know, your gifts and your passions and the time that you have throughout the day in between all the other roles that you play to, to bring him glory and to start these amazing conversations and encourage others. Um, and that is what all of us, I think, are called to do is to find, you know, how to use what he's given us um, for his glory and to encourage the body of believers. Um, the Bible lists the fruits of the spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those were words I meditated on so much in the midst of our debt-free journey because I wanted to value those things more than I valued a trip to Target or a wow. new outfit or, you know, getting my hair done or whatever it is that I was wishing I could spend my money on. I really wanted to learn how to value those things more. And if our purpose is ultimately in bringing God glory in everything that we do, those fruits are going to be present in the way that we live our lives and manage our homes. And that directly correlates with how we manage our finances. Wow. That is, that perspective changes so much. And I wish there was more talk about money through that lens because money, I feel like is seen as the enemy. It's seen as this bad thing. And it's, it's seen as like, I mean, we do have a lot of fear perspective around it, but I love that you brought up the fruit of the spirit, because if we are operating in the spirit as we manage our finances, that is what we will experience because we know that it's not, I mean, it's a gift. It's a tool that helps us yeah. as we serve others and as we glorify God. So that's such a beautiful way to break it down. I, I just love that so much. And something else that I really love that you've mentioned before is how, I mean, with everything, but even specifically with finances, it really matters what the underlying motivation is. You're either motivated by love or fear. So can you break that down for us? Yes, of course. <laughs> and I won't do it perfectly, but um, I think, you know, the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that is true in everything that we do. We live in a very visual culture where we can see what so many people are doing with their money. Um, but we can't see their heart behind mm. those things. And for some, you know, using their money in a certain way might be, you know, a way that God is really working through them. And in, in some cases, that same exact action might be a selfish way to try to gain popularity or claim in front of others. Um, it really all boils down to your own relationship with the Lord and, you know, how he's calling you to steward what he's given you. and um, yeah, what that motivation really is. So I think there is a huge difference between being motivated by selfishness and security and fear. Um, I've started to be able to spot that a little bit more <laughs> ever since, um, we've walked through what we've walked through, not only in other people, but even still in myself, I'm just able to see when I'm spending my money or when I'm longing to spend our money on something specific you know, is this coming from a selfish place? Am I trying to make myself seem more put together than I am? Right. <laughs> Do I feel like this item is going to make me feel more worthy of respect or love um, than I am when I don't have those things? 
it's just a very delicate dance. Um, there's a very fine line between that selfishness and fear and then being motivated by a kingdom-focused love for our families and our neighbors. Um, just like you said earlier, our money is a tool to be used, not a possession to cling to for our worth or our validation. In Christ, we have all the value and validation that we could ever need. He proved that to us by literally giving up his entire life. I mean, literally living perfectly and giving up everything his flesh ever wanted so that we could have life, so that we could have life to the full. Um, it very much can feel this way at times, but our money and our possessions are just never going to satisfy that need for validation that Christ has already has already met um, in his death and resurrection. So on the flip side of the motivation is the reality of using money in our everyday life. So we live in a physical world where money is required. It just yeah. is. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we all lived in some weird commune where we could just <laughs> barter and trade and like sew each other's clothes and grow <laughs> our own food and, you know, kind of go back in time a little bit. But right. <laughs> at the end of the day, we do all have to earn money and we do all have to spend money to survive. So just a few for all of you listening who, you know, need someone to say it's okay to spend money on these things. Um, <laughs> we're talking about food, shelter, healthcare, transportation to give to our local churches and support missionaries and give to other worthy causes to provide gifts and meals to newly married couples, new parents and grieving families to have and raise children until they can provide for themselves to cover unexpected needs, emergencies, and challenges that our family might face in this very unpredictable life, mm. and to ensure the property that we purchase from accidents and natural disasters. And there are so many more things that we spend money on, things that we enjoy, traveling, experiences with our families, you know, our kids' softball team, you know, whatever. Like, there's so many things that money is needed for. Um, and spending money just isn't bad. It's not bad in and of itself. That's literally what money is for. But it's the love of money. It's finding your comfort in the number in your bank account, finding your value or your worth in what you own um, or feeling yeah, validated by what you're able to afford um, right. or being enslaved to our hyper materialistic culture. I mean, you cannot get on Google or Instagram or Facebook or pull up your phone without an ad or an email hitting your inbox telling you that you need something that you don't have right. and here's where you can get it. It's <laughs> in our faces 24 seven in our homes, on our TVs, on the billboards, like no matter where we are, the world is always telling us that we need more than what we have. Um, and so praying against that, enslavement and that love of money I think is really important and that continuous renewal of our perspective I mean it's like a daily thing it's not like yes. once you get to a certain point you only view money this way and you're healthy and you're flourishing and <laughs> you are no longer tempted to you know view it as anything else it's very much this like daily laying down like my flesh wants these things I want to be irresponsible I want to be validated in this way, but Lord, like, help me see this through a gospel lens. Help me see this the way that you want me to see this. And some days I'm, I'm better at that than other days. 
Um, but I, I feel like we need to acknowledge like that's been a struggle for humanity for all of time. That's nothing new. Like the struggles of mankind have been the struggles of mankind since the beginning and no improvement in technology or law, um, has shifted how human beings naturally are bent. So all you have to do is read about the Israelites and all the times they begged God for provision and then he would provide, they would turn around and they would put their trust in something else. And we can so easily become and be and act and live just like that, you know, living through seasons where we are wanting something or needing something and just begging God to provide and, you know, help us to escape. And then he does. And then we forget that he did that. And then we, you know, go on our merry way and find something else to ask him for um, because we weren't able to be content. So um, I honestly think it's a daily choice to be grateful for what he's provided for us and to ask for wisdom and self-control and all those other fruits of the spirit when it comes to managing our money. And even if we end up owning nice things or experiencing nice experiences, which again are not bad things in and of themselves, I think it's so important to remember that everything we own, anything we can buy with money um, or experience with money, all of those things are going to pass away. They are simply shadows of the beauty and hope that we can only find in Christ. And so whether it's a good meal, a good date night with your spouse, whether it's a vacation with your family and your children, or, you know, a leather couch that you have wanted (laughs) saved for, for a long time, those things are, you know, they're going to fade away eventually. Those memories will fade. Um, Those items can be stolen. They can break down. It's just so important to remember that the giver of the gifts is the, is where the value is. You know, that's where our hope should be, not in the gifts themselves. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that that is so, so good. And you touched on so many key elements, I feel like, especially gratitude and mindset, of course, um, but then also wisdom. And I feel like this is such a central piece of stewarding our finances well. And I know that this subject can be pretty controversial and everyone has different opinions. And, you know, there are people who tend to lean far on the far end of feeling the need to work to provide or feel that financial security. And then there are other people who just don't care as much about taking action because God will work it out. You know, like there's not that stress. Um, And so what do you think about that whole relying on God versus relying on yourself in the realm of finances? Like how can we take responsibility and action while also allowing God to be our provider? This is, I mean, I feel like I could write a book on (laughs) this topic. Um, And you're right. I feel like this topic can be kind of controversial and depending on people's life experiences, they just might view this differently. Um, But I'm a little old school when it comes to providing for yourself. Um, Again, a lot of my background has to do with that. I did not grow up with this vision of like my dad being my financial provider. My dad was in my life and I love him. And we have so many great memories from my childhood together. But since he didn't live in our home, 
I wasn't viewing him as the person who was putting food on the table. I was viewing my mom as that person because she was the one who was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, and because that was happening while I was six through 13, um, I just always assumed I would work. I never grew up thinking like, I'm going to get married someday. I'm going to find someone who makes a ton of money and I <laughs> am going to be able to stay home and not work. And that's just how life is going to be. Like, I just never, that was never a part of my plan. That was never something that I like aspired to or expected at all. But I never once took for granted that, you know, whoever's in the home, whoever has the children, they work and they work to provide for the ones who are depending upon them. And Mm -hmm. so I believe that if God has already blessed you with a body and a brain that works, just like we talked about earlier, that is a huge way that he's providing for you. He's giving Mm -hmm. you your health um, and allowing you the ability to work. If anyone out there is listening who has any sort of illness or injury that keeps them from working, they know what a gift it would be to have that. But until that is compromised or until we lose that for a season, we don't realize what a gift that really is. Um, And then if you talk about other things, especially those of us in America have access to like the internet and education, um, even free education that you find on YouTube. I mean, you can learn about anything these days. You can teach yourself almost anything if you have a Wi-Fi connection and you know, go to like a local library to use a computer, you know, it's, it's incredible what we have access to here. Um, and then if he's given you relationships and connections in your community, um, or he, he has provided a place for you to make those relationships with wise people, he is blessing you beyond measure and giving you everything you need to find a way to provide for yourself, your health, your brain, access to the internet, and access to people, I mean, you can find a way to provide for yourself, even if it's not your dream job right away. That's okay. It's very normal, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just really believe that we are responsible for working and providing for our family's needs. But I'm never going to sit back and not work and just wait for a check to land in my mailbox or wait for God to wave his magic wand and clear all of my debt. Um, So while we were paying off debt, which took us about 16 months to pay off our consumer debt, we both had multiple jobs. So (laughs) so I basically was pulling from like all of my, all of my experiences and all of my connections and was just making money however I could throughout the week. Mm. And, um, and so that's the, that's the hard work part. That's the dedication to our goals and showing up for those opportunities, using those healthy bodies however we could to make money. Um, But then I will say, especially in the thick of our debt-free journey, and especially in the beginning, I prayed like I have never prayed in my life. I cried out to God. I got very honest with him. I cried um, quite literally while praying, um, while taking walks around my neighborhood, just sitting down feeling like if I could speed this up, I would. This yeah. hurts. This is painful. I I didn't know the mistakes that we had made. I wouldn't have made those choices if I would have known better beforehand. I thought we were making wise choices. I thought that we, you know, were in a financially stable place, but 
now that I know more, I know that some of those things we did were unwise and now we're setting ourselves back and just struggling with kind of guilt and shame and then releasing that because he, you know, never asked me to feel that way. But also just sitting in the fact that we live in a world where we will have consequences for our actions and God forgave us for, you know, not stewarding our money well, but that doesn't mean there weren't consequences on the other side of that, that we needed to, um, that we needed to quite literally pay off. (laughs) We were paying for our mistakes and it hurt. And so I've seen my prayer life change a lot because Mm -hmm. of our debt free journey, which is another great thing that's come out of it. And, um, So even though, you know, we were working so hard, I was asking him for opportunities. I was asking for patience um, for my husband and for myself. I was asking for our experience to be used. I still do that. I still ask for opportunities for us to use what we've learned to help others because I don't want it to feel like it was wasted. And I don't want other people walking into seasons like that if we can help them avoid it. Um, We knew that ultimately it was God who was providing for us through those jobs and opportunities. And we were faithful to step into those. So it wasn't just one, the hard work, and it wasn't just God sending us checks in the mail. It was, he was providing opportunities that we were asking for and we were following through with those and working hard and going to bed tired and earning a lot of money that we did not spend. I could have (laughs) gone to West Elm and picked out a lot of furniture (laughs) and, gone to you know made well and got a lot of cool new clothes and bought a lot of the things that I saw other people buying on Instagram and all of that um with the money that we earned in that season but we chose to put it towards that goal I will I do want to say that we also were tithing that entire time so we have tithed our entire marriage I tithed when I was single and broke I mean broke (laughs) um (laughs) That's something else my grandparents and my and my parents always instilled within me is that anything that we made or were given, um, that we give 10% of that back to the local church. And so um, I didn't quite view tithing as a sacrifice. It was more of a habit before our debt-free journey. And once I started realizing how much money we needed to pay off, all of a sudden that tithe started hitting <laughs> a little harder, <laughs> yeah. a little closer to home. Um, because I realized, you know, we could, we could be done months and months in advance. If we just didn't tithe, we could pay off these mistakes of ours. If we weren't giving to local missionaries and we weren't giving to our local church, but investing in the kingdom is the thing God wants us to do. And, um, he will provide everything we need with that 90%. Um, that he's allowed us to keep and steward ourselves. And so we have found a lot of joy in tithing. And then of course, any unexpected income that we received during that debt-free journey, and even still now while we're focusing on saving, goes to our goals. And (laughs) Dave Ramsey is very old school, I will say. I, I don't agree with everything he says, and I don't agree with everything that he's done, but I do think there's a lot of wisdom, um, in what he teaches in regards to finances. And, He once tweeted that God feeds the birds, but he doesn't throw the worms into the nest. (laughs) And that I think is my view on his provision is that he has designed us to work. And so I think when it comes to the balance between hard work and provision, um, I feel like they go hand in hand. And I just fully believe that God is willing to provide for those who are willing to put in the work. And it may not be a fancy life. It may not be 
what you see your favorite influencer do, but that work will be rewarded. And I truly believe that God, um, he sees that. Yeah. I love that so much. And really, I think something really important you mentioned is that although it may not look like everyone else, the fulfillment that we find in that balance, because I agree with you, I really do think it is a combination of both taking responsibility and trusting God with our finances through tithing and obedience, you know, and all of those things. There's so much fulfillment when we're doing it that way, rather than just momentary gratification or doing what seems right based on what other people are doing. And I mean, obviously social media and the world we live in with comparison does not help that at all. But do you have any advice for how to stop letting that overwhelm and that fear hold us back from really stepping into our purpose and using our finances as a tool to really support the things that God is calling us to? Okay. Is anyone else's hand hurting from taking notes? I am loving this conversation with Hannah and I hope you are too. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump right back in in the next episode. We'll see you there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the By Words podcast. I love having you here and I'm so grateful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode and tag me to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram and in the ByWords community group, which you can find links for in the show notes. Until next time, stay brave and remember, I'm cheering you on.